This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. The Lord. Amen. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Also want to just remind you that um, Todd White, um, the guy that I've been watching online, uh, he's coming out to Virginia Beach and there's a brochure out there in September. And um, so I want to encourage you, he will be at the Virginia Beach Pavilion, and to go out and check Todd White out. He's a great uh, minister of God. He's out there doing great and things for the Lord. Amen. He's out there witnessing and uh, operating the gifts of the Spirit, and he has a, he has a healing ministry. So praise God. Just, um, uh, you know, if you're interested, go uh, check him out in September. Amen. Let's just go in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. I thank you, Father. I ask that you make my tongue as a pen of a ray writer speaking your words. Father, I ask that you give us hearing ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And Father, we endeavor to give you all the honor and all the glory. Think through my mind, speak through my lips, your very words. And we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, God is so good. Uh, I'm talking to you this morning about healing. And uh, we're, we won't be having a service this, uh, this Tuesday, um, so we're, I'm doing the healing service starting today, and so just be aware that we won't have a Tuesday night service this week. And um, so I'm going to talk to you about keys to divine healing, amen? And, you know, number one key, what I was talking about is that we need to walk in love. And we need to walk in love towards God and towards others. Jesus said the greatest commandment is love you, Lord God, with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so we, and, but Jesus even brings it to even a greater level, le- level in love. He says love people like he loves people. And you're like, how do you love people like Jesus loves people? Amen. Well, you can love people like Jesus loves people. Amen. Because in Romans 5, 5, it says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So you have the capacity to love like Jesus. But you say, how do I do that? You have to exercise it. In other words, it doesn't just come from confession. You know, I I love people, I love people, I love people. No, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to love people. You're going to have to put your faith in action. You're going to have, you know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Right? So love is really an action. It's not just a feeling. Can I say that again? Love is not just a feeling. It's an action. For God so loved that he gave. So really, when we're walking in true love, it should provoke us, hello, to do something nice for somebody. It should provoke us to to be a giver. Hallelujah. It should provoke us. Amen. Amen. So, so, so love in action is giving. And so Jesus said, love people as I have loved you. And how has Jesus loved us? Jesus said it this way that in John 15, in uh, verse 12 and 13, it says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that to lay down one's life for his friends. So Jesus laid down his life. For us. Amen. So, so, so we have to walk in this love. Again, like I said before, I call it, we got to live a lay down life. What do I mean by that is we got to lay down our own rights. Amen. What, Pastor? I... Yeah, you're going to have to lay down your own wants and desires at times. Yes, men, you might have to yield to your wife's decision to go to where she wants to eat this afternoon. Instead of where you want to go, McDonald's. Are you hearing? Sometimes we might need to yield our wants, what we want, for somebody else's wants. Pastor, I didn't come in here to hear that. It's called the lay down life. It's called, it's called putting other people first before you. Oh man, I don't like that concept. It's called love. You know, the greatest marriages. You know, I could do a marriage conference. It's when, when the, the couple is trying to outlove each other. They're trying to outgive each other. And when the two are giving each other, outgiving each other, it's like a marriage made in heaven. 
Okay, boy, that's one amen out there. Amen. So we'll continue to go. So we need the lay down life. Now, Jesus brings it to another level because not only did he say the greatest love is to lay down your life for your friends, but what about your enemies? What about those that, that, that don't like you and you don't really care for either? Is there, you say, I'm a Christian. I don't have any enemies, right? But there's people that, you know, the Bible says when you live golly, you will suffer persecution. That doesn't mean you're going to suffer sickness. It means you're going to suffer some... In other words, some people may not like you being the light of the world, being the salt of the earth. They may not like you saying, hey, you know, people that do a certain thing may end up in hell. They don't want to hear that. People that live a certain lifestyle may not make it to heaven. They don't want to hear that, but it's all through the New Testament. And sometimes you just got to be honest with people. In other words, I'd rather... I'd rather somebody shoot, shoot it to me straight. Let me know. If I'm going the wrong way, let me know. If my lifestyle is a, a lifestyle, you know, if you, live, if you live like the world, you may end up going where the world goes. I don't want to live like the world. And I don't want to go where they're going. Where is the world going? Hell in a handbasket, right? I don't know where, where the handbasket came from, but the world, I'm talking about the world. We're not of the world. You're in a new um, um, family, glory to God. You're not of the world. Amen? So we don't, we don't live worldly. We're not, we're not, you know, we're, we're not in love with the world. Amen? We're in love with Jesus. Amen? And so Jesus actually says this way. Are you ready for this this morning? Are you ready for this? Matthew 5, 44 and 48 says this. But I say to you. And this is Jesus speaking. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. (laughs) Somebody just curses you out and you say, here's a $5 bill. Thank you very much. (laughs) Bless those who curse you. What? Is that Jesus talking? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, So bless those. In other words, Jesus said, those that slap you on the face, turn the other cheek. How can you do that? Only by the love of God. I remember that I was listening to this one missionary. And, he, and it was, um, he, it was, he was being interviewed after all this. He, he went to some foreign country. I, I don't know if it was North Korea. It might have been North Korea. I don't know why he was over there. But he's a missionary, I guess. He's doing missionary work. And, uh, but he got thrown in jail. And they were torturing him. And, you know, they were going to put him in jail for a long... You know, you got to be very careful visiting some of these countries. They don't welcome you with open arms. Amen. Especially like North Korea. <laughs> they don't like... You know what I'm talking about. And Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. And some of these countries, you know, I mean, it's like... You wear a Christian t-shirt, you're going to be thrown in jail. You know what I'm talking about? So it's not like this country where you got free speech. And so he was in jail... And, and this guy was beating him every day and trying to get, why are you really here? He said, I'm a Christian, you know. And then finally, you know, he started praying. The Lord put compassion in this man's heart that was being beat to the guys that was beating him. And he just said, I need a friend. Will you be my friend? And he was the one that was being beat. He was a Christian. And the, and, and the guy just stood back like, what? He was like just shocked that this man that he was beating, that he was interrogating... Asked him to be a friend because he needed a friend. And the guy just said, listen, you know, and, and he kind of became, re- he wasn't just an enemy, comb- uh, 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 enemy anymore. You know, he, he, he started seeing that this was a person. Amen. And it broke down this guy. And finally, the guy that was captured, was in, he ended, was ended up, they, they let him go. But thank God. Amen. But the bottom line is, is that, is that God wants us loving our enemies. Amen. He wants us loving those and he wants us not joining them, but loving them. And sometimes I think even sometimes there might be Christians that are backslidden. Anybody know any backslidden Christians? And we can get some, sometimes angry with some, maybe some of your relatives that we get mad at a relative that's backslidden. And we're like, How? you know, and they, we see their life's not right. But what we need to do is walk in love towards them. I know this is, not, this is going over like a lead balloon. 
And, you know, I, I, I have some backslidden relatives. And, and, they're, and they're saying things on Facebook that's contrary to the Word of God. It makes me want to slap them upside the head with reality. You know what I'm talking about? And they're siding in with world philosophies, worldly philosophies. And we need to side in with God, with God and His Word. Amen? Amen? It, it, listen, it does, my opinion doesn't matter. But God's Word matters. And what the Word of God matters more than my opinion. You know, you know, somebody say, well, you, you're saying that it, Jesus is the only way. I'm not saying it. Jesus said it. He said he's the only way. So, you know, you know, all religions don't make it to heaven. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Jesus. I'm just quoting what he said. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No man can go to the father but through him. I was ministering. <laughs> I was uh, out of town uh, a week ago, um, two weeks ago, and I was in a hotel, and it was uh, this Muslim, and uh, uh, I don't know what country he was from, but he was Muslim, and so, uh, so he, he, I guess he reads the Koran. I said, you ever heard about Jesus? He said, sure, Jesus is in the Koran. I said, yeah, he's in the Koran. I said, what do you think about Jesus? He said, oh, he was a great prophet. Yeah, yeah, Muhammad wrote about him. I said, so, so would you say if he was a great prophet, would you say he was a truthful prophet? Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's a great prophet, prophets aren't liars. And, and I said, well, you know, Jesus said he was the only way. The guy walked away. <laughs> I said, Jesus said he was the only way to God. Not Muhammad. Not, you know, Buddha. But, yeah, but I was just trying to get truth to him. Amen. And, and, and sometimes you just got to be honest. In a nice way to try to get truth to people. Why? Because people are headed off a cliff. And we got to stop people from going off the cliff. We got to hold them back. It says in Proverbs, hold them back from being slaughtered. And people are going off the cliff every day. And we're coming in contact with people all the time. And I'm telling you, I'm on a mission to get everybody saved. Somebody say John 3, 16. And we need to be thinking about people, not just about ourselves, but people. And when we start thinking about people, God will really start thinking about you, glory to God. Because God's all, it's, God's all about the harvest. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so it says here that, it says here, uh, bless those who curse you, do good to those who, who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. This is amazing to me is that God still, he, he still blesses sinners. That amazes to me. Sometimes sinners may look more blessed than Christians. Have you ever thought about that? David thought about it when he, when he wrote it in the Psalms. He says, how come the sinners look like they're, they're not being judged? But, you know, but, but if they don't turn to Jesus, you know, all they have is this world. They don't, we got heaven. So, so we got something way better than this world. So what they end up with, all they have is this world. The best that this world can give you. And the best that this world can give you is nothing compared to what, what God can give us in heaven. The best the world can give you is, is asphalt streets, concrete. We're going to be on streets of gold. We're going to have pearly gates. We're not, you know, we're going to, we're going to have love and unity and all the blessings. And are you hearing what I'm saying? It's going to be awesome. So, so what these sinners have is just this world. But we have more than that. We have heaven. And we can walk in the blessings in this world too. And I'm not discounting that either. Amen. So, so, so Jesus is, is saying, you know, even the tax collectors walk in love towards one another. And he said, that, that, so we need to start walking in love towards those that are unlovely. That's the first key to walking in health. Amen? Because you can't have, you can't be, you can't have an air of meanness about you and, and, and have the blessings of health flow into your life. Amen? Number two, you need to know without a shadow of doubt, it's God's will that you walk in divine health. You got you to gotta know that, that God's, it's God's will. And you may say, how, 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 how do I know that? That, that? Maybe God in his divine wisdom, he's putting sickness on me to bring me into a closer walk with him. So he's, he's, he's bringing, he's putting sickness. Uh, no, no, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. 
So, so God is not trying to put, he's not putting cancer on you, amen, to, so you can repent and get closer to him. Now, it may cause you to repent, but most people get mad when they, when they get sick, especially if they're not following God. So, so I, I don't know if that will always work. I think it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. But, but we know it's God's will because, number one, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Uh, Jesus taught us to pray. Anybody ever pray the Lord's Prayer out here? And it's more of a pattern prayer. But it says in Luke eleven two, it says, So he said to them, this is Jesus, because the disciples asked him, ask Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus says it this way. He says, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven... How would be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you got to think about this. How is it is, how is God's will in heaven? Is there any sick people in heaven? No. Is there any, is there any people oppressed by demons in heaven? No. So, so, so Jesus was saying to his disciples to pray that it would be down here on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? Great. Amen. So that's one key um, that that it's God's will, because Jesus said, you know, you know, God's will is not being fully done here on earth. You know, not everybody's obeying God. You're right. Even some Christians aren't obeying. God. We won't go there. You say, yeah, people aren't those ungodly sinners aren't obeying God. What about you? Well, we are not talking about me. I'm not on trial today. We're just talking about those old dirty sinners out there. Now, are you obeying God? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so, hallelujah. And, um, and number two, uh, we know that it's, it's God's will for you to be healed because, because uh, it was Jesus' commissioned. You see, Jesus came here to this earth to do something. The Bible says he came to seek and save that which was lost. And that word saved is more than just getting somebody to heaven and getting their behavior to, to, to uh, be good behavior. It's not behavior modification. Jesus didn't come to, to, to modify our behavior from bad to good. No, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. He came for us to have life. And I like what it says in Luke, his first sermon in Luke 4, 18 and 19. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So this is Jesus, and he just read basically out of Isaiah. And what he was saying was, he said, God sent Jesus down here to really to undo the works of the devil. God sent Jesus here to, to make what is wrong right. And if there's something wrong with your body, God wants to make it right. If there's something wrong with your relationship, God wants to make it right. If there's something wrong with your finances, can I get somebody to preach with me this morning? God wants to make something right in your finances. Hello. Are you here? That's why he said he came, you know, to, to uh, what did he say here? Uh, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to what? The poor. Why? So you don't have to be poor, Paul, no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is so good. We don't have to be poor, glory to God. Why? Because Jesus was, see, Jesus wasn't poor when he was down here. You say, what? I thought he didn't have a pillow to lay his head on. Listen, he had people's homes that he could sleep in. Wherever he went. Hey, I'm uh, Zacharias, uh, Zacchaeus, uh, we're going to dine with you today. Uh, Peter, throw out your net. We're going to get a bunch of fish. We're going to have a fish fry today. You know, Jesus wasn't poor. He, he could, he could he, anywhere, you know, he had, he had a rich friend. It's good to have rich friends. You say, what? It's good to have rich. I mean, if you're my friend, I'm rich. So you, okay, we won't go there. But uh, it's good to have rich. You know, Lazarus was rich. It was a wealthy man. And it was one of Jesus' best friends down here on earth. Lazarus was wealthy. Martha and Mary, they were wealthy people. And was one of Jesus' best friends. Jesus loved Lazarus so much, he went and, and raised him from the dead. 
It's not, it's not wrong to be rich or to have rich friends. It's wrong just to have wealth to have you. Amen. In other words, you're consumed with that. Amen. So, 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 so Jesus, he paid the price. Amen. And so I like this because in Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And I love that scripture. I quote that a lot when I'm ministering on healing because this right here, this scripture right here is saying that, that, that Jesus was anointed and he wasn't just healing people that were oppressed by God. In other words, God wasn't putting it on people. It was the devil that was putting it on people. Notice it says here in, in, in Acts 10, 38, um, who Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good. So Jesus went about doing good. Say doing good. And healing. So Jesus went about doing good. Say doing good. And healing. See, I'm trying to get you guys so you won't fall asleep on me here. Amen. Healing. And all who were oppressed. By, healing all who were oppressed by who? The devil. So who, who does the oppressing? The devil. So God doesn't do the oppressing. God does the delivering. So the devil is the one that oppresses. So Jesus came basically in, in, in John, 1 John, it talks about that Jesus, I think it's 3 verse 8, that Jesus came to undo the works of the evil one. Amen. And so, and so we, we see that. So what am I talking about this morning? I'm talking about it is God's will for you to be healed. So we see here that through the Lord's prayer, let it be down here on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody's healed in heaven. So God, God wants to be down here just like that in earth. How, how does that happen? We enforce it. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But we enforce it. Uh, uh, number three, uh, we know it's God's will for us to walk in divine health because, uh, because Jesus commissioned the disciples while they were down here to go heal people. In Luke 10, 8 and 9, is, this is Jesus, and this was 70 people. He said, whatever city you enter... And they receive you, eat such things are set before you. That, that could be hard on some of us who don't like. Okay, we'll go there. Um, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Notice that Jesus sent them out not to put sickness on people, but to heal people. He didn't say, go put cancer on somebody so they can wake up. And see that God is a good God and that they want to serve God because they got cancer and hopefully God will heal them. It doesn't say that. It said go and he sent the 70 out to go what? Heal people. So, so the, the disciples were commissioned to heal people. Just like what Jesus was doing. So that's another reason why it's God's will. I'm, I'm just, you know, telling you why it's God's will. I'm giving you enough ammunition so you will believe me that it's God's will for you to walk in health. Amen. And so we see that the disciples' commission, we see it in the Great Commission in Mark 16, 15, and 18. And it says, and he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe in my name, they will cast out demons. Now listen, the first thing he says that, do you know where the power of God resides? In you. The Bible says in, in Ephesians, I think it's three, uh, is it 3.23, that God would do abundantly above more than we can ask or think. Anybody remember that scripture? That God can do abundantly, I might be butchering the scripture a little bit. Abundantly above more than we ask or think. According to what? The power that works within us. The power. that What, what power? The word of God. Do You got the word of God working on the inside of you. You have power this morning. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Don't discount the power of God that's working on the inside of you. You're more powerful than the devil. Amen. Why? Because God lives in you the hope of glory. No devil in hell can hurt you. Why? Because you got the power of God residing on the inside of you. You and God are the majority. You need to start acting like it. Glory to God. And so it says here... Uh, that, that he commissioned it and he commissioned us to, 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 to uh, cast out devils. And then, and then he said here, um, at the very end, he says, uh, you know, all these supernatural things. 
He says here, and these signs will follow those that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. And so we see this. That is the commission right there for God. And really, this commission really is for us to go out to the lost and pray for the lost. And God will heal the lost person. It's not really designed for us to be this commission is not just for the church on Sunday morning. It's for the loss. In other words, you can go out there and pray for somebody and God will heal them because they will. You just got it. You just got You have pastor. I've never prayed for any pray for boldness. Paul said, ask for boldness. You start getting some boldness about you, but you might want to first, first practice on your pet. Practice on your dog. Then move up to your kids. And then move up to your spouse. If they respect you. You know, you, start pray, you can pray for yourself. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So, so pray. Healing is for us because Jesus... This is another point that I want to make. Well, I think I got my point on the will of God. It's a great commission. Uh, another point is healing is for us because... It is in Jesus paid for it in his atonement. So Jesus paid for our healing in his. What does atonement mean? What does that mean? It means he atoned for our sins. That means that he took our sins on his body so that we could take his righteousness. That means that that when he was on the cross, he became sin. He was sin was placed on him. So we he he became sin so we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It, it's it's the divine exchange. Jesus exchanged our sinfulness for his righteousness. And it's the divine exchange. And so now you're righteous in God. In other words, you, are, you have the gift of righteousness. You're in right standing because of the blood of Jesus. Man, that's good news this morning. That means you can partake all, of all the blessings of Jesus. You can take all the blessings of heaven. So in Isaiah 53, 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. I love that. So by Jesus Christ, we are healed. In Matthew 8, 16 and 17, it says, When evening has come, they brought to him, Jesus, many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. This is Matthew quoting Isaiah 53. New Testament. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself bore our sins on his own body on the tree, that we have been died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. And so, so Peter, he, he takes that same scripture in Isaiah, and he's going back to the cross, and he says here, having died to sins, that you might live to righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, the word were is that presidents. Future tense or past tense? I wasn't that good in English, so it took me a little while to get that out. Amen. It's past tense. So Peter's looking back at the cross and he's saying, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. So if you were, you are. Amen. He said, well, I hadn't caught up with me yet. Yeah, because you got to get your faith in the now. The Bible says, now faith is. And where some people are missing it in their face. Some of you have been dealing with, with sickness for a while. You need, to get, you need to get out of the point, God, please heal me, to thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Amen. Now faith is. Start thanking God that you're healed by faith. Start believing. That's how you activate your faith. You say, thank you, Lord, I have it now. Somebody say, now faith is. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So faith, you have to see yourself healed. You thank God that it's already done. It was done 2,000 years ago. Amen? And so many people fail 
to, see, to receive their healing. Christians, that they believe that it's, it's God's will to heal them. They, they, they know that, that, that sickness comes from the devil. They have all these truths, but why aren't you still healed, you may ask. Well, I'm glad you came this morning. Because now I can finish up my message. <laughs> the reason why people fail to receive healing, because they, they're not taking their authority in Christ. What they're doing is a lot of people, they're praying to God, God, please heal me. And they're bringing God into it, which is great. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive and your joy be made complete. But you need to move from asking to commanding the devil to get off you. You've got to command that sickness to leave you. You've got, you got to speak to the mountain. You've got to speak to the mountain. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Command it to be removed. And it will obey you. In other words, you need to start walking in your authority. Somebody say, I have authority. Well, that was a little strong. Amen. You have authority. So we need to take our authority. I was watching... Sid Roth, anybody? I think it's Sid Roth. Is it Sid, is it Sid Roth? And uh, the, the Jewish guy that has all these stories. And he, there was this guy that was dealing with all kinds of uh, pain. And, uh, and he was searching all out. And, he, and, he's, and he, it was for years. And finally God healed him. He walks in divine health now. God totally healed him of everything. Isn't that wonderful? I want to say whatever you're dealing with is not permanent. I, it doesn't matter what the doctors say. It's not. It's subject to change. It is subject to change. What we see in the natural is subject to God's word is eternal and his eternal word will change what is natural in this atmosphere. His eternal word. We got to get the eternal word working something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. How do we do that? We got to release the word of God out of our mouths. Like Jesus, when he spoke in the wilderness, and when the devil was tempting him and testing him and trying to keep him in a, in, in a place, keeping him from walking out the will of God, the devil will try to hinder you. The devil will try to stop you. He's going to do whatever he can. And how did Jesus stop the devil in his tracks? He said, it is written. And some of you might need to start speaking some word. Stop begging God for your healing and speak. The word. The Bible says that God will watch over his word to perform it. He said that, you know, that his word will go out of his mouth and it will accomplish all that that he declares that it will accomplish. The word of God is powerful and it's more powerful than coming out of my mouth. It's more powerful when it comes out of your mouth. Somebody say, speak the word. So we have, to, we have to learn to wield the sword of the word out of our mouths, glory to God. So we see here, and we got to understand this, uh, in Ephesians 2, 6, we got to understand this, that, that, that we're just not, you know, you may say, where, where is, let me just say this, where is the body of Christ positionally? Do you know where you, you're at positionally? Yes, you're in heavenly places. Listen, when Jesus was raised from the dead and he was seated at the right hand of the Father, the whole body of Christ is seated with him. We're seated in heavenly places. You say, where's that at? That's in Ephesians um, 2, 6. He, uh, he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Positionally, that's where we're at. In other words, it doesn't matter what disease you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what devil you're dealing with. I'm telling you, you could be the toe in the body of Christ and you're greater than any pain, any struggle, any devil that's trying to come against you. You could be the lowest of the low, but the devil's under. Where is the devil? We're seated in heavenly places. Where is he? He's under my stinky feet. By the way, my feet don't stink, but he's under my feet. Hallelujah. I was going to say something, but I won't go there. But <laughs> say the devil's under my feet. The devil's under your feet. There used to be a song. He's under my feet. He's uh, talking about the devil. He's under my feet. 
Now my victory is complete. Jesus spoiled principalities, made a show of them openly. He's under my feet. The devil's under my feet. Poverty is under my feet. It's under my feet. Now my wealth is complete. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, where is it? It, Positionally, the devil's under your feet. Positionally, that pain is under your feet. But I got pain in my feet. (laughs) Time to go in Jesus' name. So where's the devil positionally? Under your feet. Why? Because, we're, because Jesus is seated in heavenly places and we're seated in heavenly places and we have authority over the devil. Amen? Say, I have authority. I have authority. Amen. And then I like this because then, you know, you have to... Man. Okay. There, there, let me give you three scriptures that, that tell you that we have power and authority over the devil. Jesus gave us authority. I'll give you four. Amen? Uh, man. And, um, and uh, uh, Luke 10, verse 19... It, oh, man, that's a great scripture. In Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I give you power. I give you authority to trample scorpions and help me out here. And all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any mean hurt you. Is it up there? Oh, I love that. I sent that out to you guys today. And you know what? You got authority. How many people are on my text stuff? You got it today. Amen. So you have authority. I love that. Behold, I give you authority. I give you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have authority. That's one scripture right there. Number two, uh, because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. Uh, It says here in first uh, in Ephesians 426, be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down in your wrath or give place to the devil. Verse 27. Do not give. In other words, we have the power not to give the devil any place. How do you do that? How do you give the devil place? Well, when the devil says to you and he will whisper in your ear, you're not going to make it. You're, you're going to die early. You know, you better say you can't say, oh, you can't say to your spouse. I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to be in an early grave. Is a... No, you don't say stuff like that. Why? Because now you're siding with the devil. Well, it may be your own thoughts, too. You're, you're siding with You can't be saying, oh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to end up going broke. Don't say stuff like that. Listen, I can't fail. Why? Because God can't fail. And God lives in me, and I can't fail. The greater one's in me. Somebody say, the great, greater is he. That is in me. Then he. That if, if I was to fail, God would have to fail. Whew, that's a strong statement, Pastor. Why? Because God lives in me and I trust God. I believe God and I'm going to keep walking with God no matter what. You got that kind of tenacity. You got to be a... You listen, if you're going to walk in divine health, you got to be a fighter. You got to fight. You got to fight for life. You've got to fight for the abundant life. You know, the, Jesus said he came that way. Listen, this is my prayer every day. Jesus, you said that you're going to give me abundant life. I'm not seeing the fullness of the abundance yet, but I'm expecting to. I want to see abundance in every area of my life. I want to have, I want to have full throttle peace and joy in my life. I want to have full throttle health in my life. And I want to have full throttle finances in my life. Hello. Where I got to have two or three bank accounts because they will only insure 150000 in one bank account. Why? So I can give it away. What? Yeah, so I can give it away. Listen, you start getting addicted to giving, God will support your habit. You start getting addicted to giving, God will start to support your habit. What do I mean that? He will prosper you and prosper you and prosper you because you're a giver. I've proven it out. I can't go broke. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because I have too much seed out there. And I keep sowing seed. Man, it's just going over like a lead balloon this morning. Amen. No, you guys are fired up. 
So here, here, here's another one. James 4, 7, one of my most favorite scriptures in the Bible. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In other words, when a pain is coming your way, you say, no devil. In the name of Jesus, I command this pain to leave me in Jesus' name. But it still hurts. Take some Tylenol. Take it down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Tylenol is working. The pain is leaving. I add to my faith. Maybe it's two Tylenol. Knock it down to one the next time. Knock it down to a half of uh, half a hit. <laughs> Sound like I was a drug user at one time. <laughs> you don't know, but anyway, are you listening to what I'm saying? Today? Take, take. You can take some medicine with your faith, and as you take some medicine, yes, but but slowly start backing off of it as the Lord leads you. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Now listen. Man, I'm almost done. Are you ready? So those are three scriptures that says that you have authority. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. First Peter 5.8. I guess this is the one I didn't give you. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother in the world. In other words, listen, you're going to have to get a tenacious spirit about you. And you're going to have to keep, listen, you're going to have, man, you're, oh man. you're going to have to keep confessing that word, the, the, the promises of God's word, until you see the fruition of it. How much do I have to do it? Until you get full healing, full throttle healing. That means you might need to start confessing. Surely Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. Since I did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. Chastening of my well-being fell upon him. And by his stripes I am healed. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all my destructions. With long life he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And you start confessing some of these scriptures. And the devil will stop attacking you. And then pretty soon you will have a healing ministry. Because once you come out of your deficit, once you come out of your disease, you're going to be a testimony. And you're going to start testifying. And then God's going to start using you to pray for the sick. To set some people free. In other words, your problem will become your promotion. The very thing the devil will try to kill you over may be turning you into a healing minister. Amen. Can I just read this one last thing? I know it's getting late, but Mark 5, 25 to 34. I'm going to give you four quick keys to how you can obtain anything really from God. And um, finances, blessing or whatever. Mark 5, 25 and 34 says this way. Now, a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, for 12 years has suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, you see the multitude thonging you. You say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done the thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, Jesus, and told him, Jesus, the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your infliction. Okay, so this story is a really good story that you need to really study. But there was four things that she said, and obviously she was sick and she suffered for 12 years of this affliction. How many people have been suffering maybe even more than 12 years? And, she, and I'm going to say this, time is not a factor for your healing. And so she was suffering, but she heard about Jesus. And so when she heard about Jesus, she started saying something to herself and possibly to others. She started saying, when Jesus comes in town, I'm going to get to Jesus and I'm going to get my healing. She started confessing and she started saying something. I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm going to get my healing. I'm going to get. In other words, if you're going to walk in victory in Christ, if you're going to walk in the promise of healing, you're going to have to say something. You're going to have to confess something. Jesus is the he's the high priest of our what? Confession. 
And so we're going to have to confess something. And she started confessing, when I get to Jesus, I'm going to get my healing. And, you know, she could have confessed a lot of different things, but she said that. And she put herself in a place where she started believing it. See, whatever you say, whatever you say, you're going to eventually receive. If you start saying something long enough, it's going to come to you. I would say sometimes I, I want to buy a new car. And I start saying that two or three or four times, pretty soon I'm buying one. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? You start saying something, you better be careful. Because you might have it. And you keep saying, you start to believe it, and you start seeing yourself, and you start visualizing yourself with healing. you got to see yourself healed. It has to go from when you say it, by Jesus Christ I'm healed, to it becomes a reality. So she started seeing herself going, yeah, and the next key that she did, so, so confession is a key to possession. It's a key to possessing the promises. As you confess the promises, the, the possessing the promises will come. Number two, she, she acted on her faith. What do I mean by that? She started, she acted as she got up and there was opposition. She went out of the house and she, she actually broke some Jewish rules where she was supposed to be contained. And, and they don't like sick people mingling with the public. But she broke some rules and she, and she, she went through some opposition. If you're going to get healed, you're going you're gonna to have to act on your faith. You may not feel like coming to church sick. Come to church sick. And then leave healed. In other words, you've got to press through. You can't be a lazy Christian and walk in the blessings of God. You've got to press. Did I say lazy? Yeah. You can't be a lazy. You've got to press through. You've got you to act like the word of God is so. So she, she, she acted on her faith. She started moving out on it. And we need to move out on our faith. I remember there was a lady that had a herniated disc. And she came to our church service one day. And she, she came in in, uh, in crutches. And she had a bag full of medicine. Because I remember this. She came in she, and she said, uh, you know, I came in. I, I need prayer for healing. And she, and she did not drive. She, she told her neighbors. She, she asked her neighbors. I don't know how she heard that, that, that we pray for people. I guess she heard about it. saw it on our website. And so she, uh, she, she couldn't get over it. She couldn't drive. She was in such pain. And she was going to the doctor that week for surgery for, to get her uh, spine, something done to her spine. I don't know if they fuse it together or what. And so she came for her last, and we prayed for her, and she got, she got a miracle that night. I'm telling you, she dropped the crutches, totally the pain left. She, she didn't need to go for the surgery, and she got a miracle. A miracle. We got it on her, and she was like amazed. And she came in, and she lost her job because she had pain. We helped pay for her to get, she was a nurse, and we helped get her back on, uh, in, in the job, uh, get her to become a nurse because she, she lost all this stuff. But she got healed, but she had to press through. She couldn't, she, she talked to her neighbor and said, can you drive me? The neighbor said, I don't have time. And she said, if you don't drive me, I'm going to walk. She was, she had to press through to get her healing. And some of you, you're not, you're not, you've got to become a fighter. You gotta press in until you see the blessings of God. You gotta be somebody that's not willing to let go of what you're believing God for. You gotta press in. And then number three, she received it. She pressed through the crowd in her weakened state. She touched the hem of his garment. She felt power flow into her body and she, she received her healing. You gotta get to a point where you say, from believing to receiving. And you've got to receive it. And you may say, well, I haven't felt any power. You don't even have to feel the power to receive it. You say, I got it. It's working. The power of God's working in my life. It's driving out every yoke of bondage. Start speaking that. And then she received it. What was amazing to me was Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Jesus, I mean, he took, pulled the power right out of Jesus. And Jesus didn't say it was his power that healed her. He said, your faith, daughter. Has made you. In other words, you can be healed by your faith. You can be healed by your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as you hear the word and hear the word and start acting on the word, become a doer of the word. Don't be a self-deceived Christian that hears it and doesn't do it. You become a, uh, a, a Christian that walks the walk, talks the talk and walks the walk. And so she received it. And then, she, and then the fourth key, she confessed 
what, what had happened to Jesus. She confessed that she touched him and she confessed that she was healed. And this is the fourth key. When you get healed, you have to be a person that testifies about your healing. You're going to have to tell people God healed you. God delivered you. Why? So you can keep it. Why? Because the devil wants to come back and it enforces your freedom. The more you talk about how, what God has done for you and how he's delivered you from alcoholism, how he's delivered you from this, how he's delivered you from that. The more you talk about how he has delivered you, the, the, the deliverance will stay. And you need to tell people. You need to talk to people like she did. And you, and you, and you tell it, glory to God. Go tell it on the mountain. And when you're doing these four keys, well, I'm telling you, when you're, when you're confessing the promises, when you're confessing it, and then you're acting on the word, you're acting as if the word of God is true, glory to God, and then you're receiving it, and then once you receive it, you tell it, amen. It's like a cycle of blessing, glory to God. And as you do those four keys, you're going to see the blessings of God. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads. Father, we just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness this morning. And I thank you, Father God, that you're working in our lives. And I thank you, Father God, that, that you desire everyone in this room to walk in divine health. And I thank you that your power is resident to set people free. Perhaps you're here in the audience, perhaps you're watching online, and you know you need healing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to encourage you, you can just reach out to, right now to the Lord, and he can heal you right where you're at. And right now, maybe you need more than just healing. You need to praise God. You need salvation. You don't know if you died today, you'd make it to heaven. Well, the best thing you can do before you get healing is to get salvation in your life. You need Jesus. So uh, I'm going to pray this prayer. If you're out here today and you, you don't know if you died today, you'd make it to he heaven, then today is a day of salvation. Pray this prayer after me, meaning in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then just pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to pay the price for my healing. And I'm receiving my healing today. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.